From The Conversation, this is Politics with Michelle Grattan, a podcast where Michelle discusses the issues of the day with The Conversation's politics team. Hi, my name is Amanda Dunn. I'm the Politics and Society Editor for The Conversation and I'm speaking with Michelle Grattan. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Amanda. Michelle, it's hard to believe, but we're in the final two weeks of Parliament for the year and the government's rushing to get some key legislation through. So at the top of their list is the IR bill, which has been quite controversial, and it still needs the support of either Jackie Lambie or David Pocock alongside the Greens to get it over the line in the Senate. What are the main sticking points there and how likely are they to actually get it through? The negotiations are concentrating on David Pocock rather than Jackie Lambie and his sticking points are several. His basic point is that he wants the bill split and the more controversial part held over but the government is resisting that and there's no sign at the moment of its giving in. But Beyond that, his detailed sticking points include a concern about unions having a veto right over agreements going to a vote and various other worries he has about the multi-employer bargaining stream. He also wants an inquiry to see how the law is operating after a certain period and the government is certainly willing to give that one. And he wants the definition of a small business to be changed so that it's not the 15 employees in the current uh, bill but would have more employees than that. In general, I think he is really worried about his constituency, and he's an ACT senator, feeling that he's sold out on small business. Okay, so how likely do you think this is to get through before the end of the year? Look, I've been thinking it is likely to get through by uh, the end of this sitting, but who knows? It's always difficult in these negotiations. And uh, at the moment, David Pocock is not uh, giving any guarantee of agreement in that time frame. But I still think on balance, more likely to get a deal than not. And now the Senate is sitting for a couple of extra days. Two Fridays have been put on. It's still possible it could go into a third week, although I think uh, none of the senators would particularly want that that, but that is still an option that's open because there's quite a lot of business to get through in the sitting, quite apart from the Industrial Relations Bill. All right, and Michelle, the Victorian election is on Saturday and it has become extremely nasty in the past couple of weeks and it's also showing that the polls are tightening a little bit. A poll today showed that. The popular wisdom is that state elections have few implications for federal politics, but they're always closely watched in Canberra, aren't they? Oh, they are. And this is a particularly interesting election, I think. It's um, essentially on all we know now between uh, the return of a majority Andrews government or whether that government is pushed into a minority situation. The Liberals in Victoria just don't seem to to cut through. They've got all sorts of uh, problems. And in the recent days in the campaign, there have been various scandals. So So they're not in a a position on everything we know to win this election, but uh, it's a question of whether they and independents can push the Andrews government into this uh, minority position. One very uh, interesting thing will be the independents' vote. 
Independents are challenging Labor and Liberal, and among them are several Teal candidates. There are Teal candidates in the seats of Kew and Hawthorne. Uh, this is uh, particularly interesting because, of course, the broader federal seat of Kuyong, which embraces those electorates, uh, was won by Teal Monique Ryan in the uh, May election. In Hawthorne, there's a particularly interesting contest because it involves Teal candidate and a Liberal candidate running against the incumbent Labor member. And all these contests will be, of course, carefully watched uh, in a, a broader federal context for the future. We noticed yesterday that uh, Anthony Albanese joined Daniel Andrews on the campaign trail, but we haven't seen Peter Dutton join opposition Liberal leader Matthew Guy down here. Now, I just recall in the federal election that Scott Morrison didn't go anywhere near the seats where the Teal independents were a major threat. So sometimes this gives us a bit of an insight into perhaps internal polling and how popular figures are, doesn't it? I don't think you'd need much internal polling to know that uh, <laughs> you wouldn't have Peter Dutton in Victoria campaigning for the Liberals because he certainly wouldn't be an asset and he knows that and, and would uh, keep his distance. And, of course, when you look further down the track, that's a, a problem for the Liberals, the federal Liberals, and for Peter Dutton because he does need to win back some teal federal seats. I don't think that uh, the Liberals would have a, a chance of uh, coming near to government uh, unless some of those seats were reclaimed. So I think that he'll have to find a, a strategy to try and become a bit more acceptable in the South, but it's going to take uh, quite a deal of doing. Finally, Michelle, the report into Scott Morrison's multiple ministries, which was conducted by former High Court Judge Virginia Bell, is due to go to the government later this week. Is there anything likely to come out of this other than more political point scoring and a rehashing of things we already know? There'll certainly be some political point scoring, but the government has already uh, made provision that when ministers are sworn into more than one ministry. And of course, that happens quite routinely, but not in the extraordinary circumstances that uh, happened with Scott Morrison. But anyway, when it happens, it has to be made public. So there's already been action taken. And I think there'll be a lot of interest in the ins and outs of what's found by that inquiry. But we we know the, the broad uh, scope of what was done. We really, I think, can't still understand why Scott Morrison felt uh, so compelled to insert himself in these uh, multiple ministries, except that it was part of his general style of control and secrecy. All right, Michelle, we should look out for that with interest. Great to speak with you as always. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks. Our theme music is by Blue Dot Sessions. You can find more podcasts from The Conversation on our website at theconversation.com.